The views and opinions discussed on this show are of the guests and host. They do not reflect the views or opinions of associated sponsors or affiliates. If you become possessed by an interdimensional being after listening to this podcast, we are not liable for any damage caused by ectoplasm, physicality towards loved ones, or levitation-related injuries where you are listening from. Enjoy at your own risk. It's the odd, odd, odd to Newfoundland. Ghostly greetings from your host, Jonathan. Mysteries, ghosts, monsters, and lore. East Coast Esoterica and so much more. If it's up to you, friend, it's on the up to you found line. Hey folks, welcome back to the Odd to Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast. Thank you so much for once again joining me. And before we bring on our guest, you don't have to be an Aboriginal medium yourself to figure out your audio issues. That's right. If you really, really struggle with making your podcast or even your YouTube videos sound really, really crisp and clear, man, oh man, I got to tell you about my sponsor, AccuSonus. They are amazing. First and foremost, they support me. How can you not love them? Secondly, they do something that just makes me sound so much better and smarter than I actually am. Yeah, I know, I know, I'm being modest. But really, 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 these guys, with a simple turn of the knob, their software can take away background noise. Echoes. It can do anything, really, to make you sound studio quality, although you're probably podcasting in your closet at home. <laughs> eh, I feel like I just attacked myself. But that's beside the point. Thank you so much, AccuScience, for sponsoring the show. Guys, make sure you follow the links down below the episode down there. Go down and give them a trot. They got some really good software. And remember, you don't actually have to do anything at all with their software other than use it. That's right. They actually go right onto your existing stuff. It works with Audacity. It works with GarageBand. It works with all kinds of great audio editors. So go ahead, ring them up, especially if you're struggling with your audio. Why pay someone to do it for you when you can buy it and do it yourself and get it done the way you really, really do want? Anyhow, speaking of which... Boy, oh boy, do I got a treat today. I've got someone on my show who I've been trying to get on my show for years, regardless of attempting to get them there. Sometimes life gets in the way, but thankfully he's on today. He is a heart-centered indigenous, which is Micmac, by the way, spare talker, psychic medium. Presently, he lives in Millbrook's First Nation, Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia. So he's a fellow maritimer just like me, Canada, and has been working mm -hmm. as a professional in this field for over 20 years years, taking an authentic approach to the spirit world in his live events, radio, and TV appearances, as well as teaching Spirit Talker Tribe online. At just 16 years old, just one year after losing his beloved father to a massive heart attack, Sean received a visitation and a message from his father in spirit. We all have a purpose, and one day you will help people understand their lives and bridge the gap between the physical world and the spirit world. In the three decades since that night, Sean has finally honed his ability as a spirit talker and medium and his connection to the spirit world. His gift has allowed him to help people all over the world as he communicates with departed loved ones, spirits, and guides. The insights they share help us better understand our journey here on Earth and provides healing for many people struggling with grief. 
I've got a lot of questions for him myself. <laughs> I couldn't wait to bring it on. You know, if I had known that his name was the White Eagle Spirit Talker, I would have signed his Christmas card last year, you know, to John, or sorry, to the White Eagle, <laughs> but I never. Guys, star and host of APTN TV show Spirit Talker, author of The Language of Spirit, and founder of Spirit Talker Tribe Online. So thankful to have Spirit Talker Sean Leonard here on the podcast today. How you doing, Sean? I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me on, John. Oh, thank you for having such an awesome website for me to read off. Makes you sound so smart, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wish I could take all the credit, but I have got a lot of people helping me. Don't we all? Don't we all? And behind every single project, there's so many wonderful people. Some people inspire you, and some people hire and fire you. Is always the joke, and uh, it's so good to know that you you've just been embraced by a whole different world now. You are a TV star, man. APTN TV show, The Spirit Talker. But before all that happened, it all started when you were just 16 years old. Why don't you tell us a little tiny bit about how you got into, well, psychic mediumship, really? Well, I mean, my whole life has been, uh, you know, a consistent unfoldment of this person that I am today. It's, I, I, I could say it was like one thing or another, but it's been many things over my whole lifetime. Um, particularly with, uh, you know, with spirit. Uh, I remember like my dad visiting me after he passed and that was a pretty profound experience after seeing my father in the light. And, um, after he just passed away when I was 15, it was a year later that he visited me in a dream. And, um, at that point, actually, even when I saw my dad, I thought, well, maybe, you know, this is my time. Uh, cause I can step out of my body. I can see my body sleeping on the couch and, I saw my dad in this like enormous white light and my dad, for whatever reason, was wearing a long white robe. And I thought, you know, what the hell are you wearing, dad, really? <laughs> and because uh, it's not something I would ever expect my dad to be wearing. Uh, but yet he was. And then, uh, you know, he told me we all had a purpose in life and that, you know, that his passing was not an accident, even though he died of a heart attack uh, at 42 years old, that it was his time to go home. And I couldn't really understand that at that time when he told me that. And, he said, we all have a time to be here and a time to make that transition to go home to the spirit world. He says, it was my time. And he says, he also told me that the greatest gift of love I could ever give you in life, Sean, would be to leave this world to help you remember who you are and show you this light. And I said, well, why Why would we ever agree to something like that? He says, because you, you've got a whole life ahead of you and there's a, there's a plan for you. And um, I didn't know what that meant. And he said, one day I'll be helping people understand you know, why we're here and where we go and, and remembering that connection to the other side. And, uh, and yet, I mean, at, at 16, it, it was just gibberish. But, uh, today, I mean, look at me today. I mean, I would have never, ever imagined that I'd be where I am today doing what I'm doing. Uh, but they knew, they knew that there was a purpose and reason for everything that was unfolding in my life. And, you know, there's been several, if not, you know, like unimaginable, incredible ways that it's just unfolded to this point today. And even, even now there's things that are just so awesome that continue to happen in my life. And I just feel so blessed to have that experience and, and to be part of that. And, um, you know, if you're, when you start walking a spiritual path in life, you will notice that, um, you know, you know, things start to open up for you too and help you see that in the, the, the chaos of what you think the world may be sometimes, but you may see the synchronicity. Absolutely. And I can really relate to you. In fact, my, my heart kind of fluttered a little bit there. 
when you said that stuff because right off the bat, I can agree with you that if it wasn't for my father, I wouldn't be into anything at all spiritual, definitely not paranormal. You know what I mean? So it's 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 definitely something. Those elders of ours, they certainly love to scare us. And uh, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes they got to scare you into doing the things you really will end up loving to do. And uh, I'm so glad that, you know, it didn't become clear what was spoken to you back then. That gibberish, though, you, it stuck with you. You know what I mean? And then later on in life, you kind of bridge the gap between this physical and the spirit world now with that new sense of, oh, that's what he meant. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, once I once I started to embrace, like, because I started to, like, start to speak with the spirit world more and just have conversations, ones that I, you know, that are from my heart pretty much, you know, just help me, you know, if you're around, I really could use your assistance to then you know, things started to happen. Like I, I remember literally one morning as I was starting my spiritual journey in my early twenties that, uh, I had prayed out loud, just speaking with spirit. I started to make it a practice every day, not like saying like our father or anything like that, just having conversations with the spirit world. And I said, you know, creator, you know, my angels, my guides, I said, if there's anyone that I can help or be a service to, I'm, I'm available for that. And within a minute of driving down a back road in Calgary, um, at like 4.30 in the morning, you know, I was going to the gym and I was like really working out at that time. Um, a young woman jumps out of a ditch half clothed and, um, and she was waving me down and I, and I pulled over and rolled down my window just a tiny bit. And, uh, I was a little scared because I thought maybe I was somehow being set up in the middle of nowhere that someone was going to carjack me or something. <laughs> but then, then I heard a voice in my head that said, didn't you just ask to help someone? And I said, yeah, I did. And I said, are you okay? And, and she said, yeah, I, said, I really need a, a drive into town. And she looked like that she had been abused somehow, and she was carrying some drug paraphernalia. So I I decided to take a risk and let her in the car. And, and as soon as she jumped in the car, I drove away fairly quickly, just in case. And uh, when I started to talk to her, and I just said, you know, uh, are you okay? And I, I could tell that she had been through something. and, and you know, with somebody in life and that ended up dropping her off in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, she said, I'm okay. And I said, uh, you should go to the police. And she said, I don't want to. She says, I've been to the police many times. It's not going to help. Just please drop me off at the train station or the bus station. And I'm like, well, I, I'll, I can do that. But I said, let's just have a little conversation. And I talked to her about, you know, you know, I know that you're in a desperate spot. Did you, but did you just ask to be helped or that you needed help out loud or, did you pray for help in some way? And she said, maybe. I said, well, I just prayed to help, ask to help someone, and you jumped out of the ditch. She said, I said, you think that's like an accident? I said, maybe it's synchronicity. Maybe we're meant to meet today and talk. And she said, maybe. And I talked to her about her lifestyle and things that she was doing. And you know, I don't judge anyone. Uh, everybody's in different places of life for different reasons. We're all on a journey, and sometimes we have to go through darkness to find light. And uh, so I just talked to her and, and dropped her off and, you know, told her if she ever wants to talk to me again, she could. And she never did reach out again, but um, and I'm hoping that she shifted her life. But, um, you know, things like that started to happen in my life that was just so eerily synchronistic that uh, I knew that there was more going on. And then I started to meditate more and, and such and, as I started working on meditation and developing my ability to even see within my own mind again, because, 
you know, I think a lot of this information that comes through in a, in a language of sorts um, comes through like through your inner senses and uh, through like inner seeing, inner feeling, inner hearing and such like this. But it's a, obviously there's an external uh, aspect to it because when you speak to spirit, they're externally soft, but when they make connections, it's an, an internal thing. That doesn't mean I haven't seen spirits or earthbound spirits or you know, spirits that walk the earth sometimes that are, are not moved on into the light. I mean, that happens sometimes, but they're all just people and at different phases of their, their life or afterlife. And, you know, again, you know, I, I see them compassionately and kindly and, and try to help everybody the best they can, even earthbound spirits sometimes. But, um, you know, as, as that happened, um, I then learned, I kind of like, it was like an accident. It was almost like it inadvertently happened to me that I, that I started to realize that I was able, I was a little bit more connected than a lot of people. Um, and it all started with me going to my ex-wife's workplace and, uh, and just jokingly, you know, I would just vibe people out. Uh, you know, not, non, again, non-judgmental, but I would look at a person and go, well, that guy looks like he might be dealing drugs or that person a, a thief and stealing money and well, that couple they definitely got something going on you know and uh, it was just a joke and then I would tell my, my ex-wife um, after work after I pick her up from the restaurant that she worked at uh, about this and she said well you're, you couldn't be farther from the truth you know this man's father is a minister there's no way he's stealing money and that guy definitely I know he smokes drugs but I'm pretty sure he's not a dealer and and uh, that couple they're, well, they're married to other people and uh, I've never seen him look at each other. And then within a week, um, <laughs> something kind of cool happened. Not cool for those people. I was just going to say, probably not cool for those two. <laughs> yeah, the couple. She caught the couple kissing in the kitchen. Um, the, the guy who deals drugs, he got busted for dealing drugs. Oh, and no. uh, the guy got caught and fired for stealing money um, oh, man. You know, from the, from the restaurant. I mean, you'd be and an amazing he, police, I like you. <laughs> This well, is... I mean, I, I do that. I've done that too. Awesome. But uh, anyway, it's just, you know, I didn't think anything. It was just thought I was very intuitive. And, uh, you know, continuing to walk the spiritual journey, and more things started to kind of unfold or open up to me. And, it, and then it, and then what, something, I started to hear people and, and see things, and it just kind of like all opened up from there. The book Language of Spirit, this seems like a really good jumping off place to talk a little bit about this because, you know, being a star and a host of a TV show, you know, it's great and all, but I, I think the language of the spirit might be your heart on paper, so to speak. Why don't you tell people a little bit about your book? Well, that book, The Language of Spirit, was self-published in 2018 uh, through Balboa Press. And, I, I, you know, I spent a lot of time and energy writing that book, and I did put a lot of my stories in there. I um, got some good news. It's uh, been officially picked up by a traditional publisher, oh, and wow. it's going to be republished in uh, in August of 2023, called Spirit Talker: awesome. Stories uh, of an Indigenous Psychic Mi'kmaq Medium, and uh, and it's going to be published worldwide now. And it's going to have uh, it has all my stories from Language of Spirit. Some of them have been rewritten, and it's going to have like 13 new chapters in the book on top of it, and. Uh, and there's going to be some good stuff in there about people developing and growing and understanding the universal language of spirit, which is how spirit can communicate through people like myself and other psychics, mediums, spirit talkers. So to the Mi'kmaq, what, what 
exactly would a white eagle represent? Because I, I know that I understand what the word spirit talker mean. <laughs> yep. But tell me a little tiny bit about what the white eagle represents, the color white and or lack of color white, and eagle. So what what Well what? Eagle I mean Gipu is Eagle and Ligma, but uh Wabatic is uh is uh, white. But usually like I just I'm like filming season four right now, Spirit Talker in for APTN and I was just in Manitoba and I went to Long Plain First Nation. And they actually have a herd of buffalo, there's over a hundred, and they have uh many white buffaloes. Wow. And the significance to the white animals uh, coming into the world, uh, in physical or, or, or even in like in the sense of my name is that it's, it's a message of change within the world itself. And a lot of people are filming or taking pictures of different white caribou or white moose or, you know, white elk or, or white buffaloes and such and so on, even white bears. And, and other than polar bears, there's white grizzlies and such. It's, it's, a uh, you know, in the physical form, when you see these animals, they're 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 sent by spirit to help us remember that we have to care for our planet and the animals themselves. Um, but in relation to a name that's been given to me by an elder white eagle spirit talker, um, it it means that um, you know there's a chime and change that I'm meant to be and bring to the world and understanding in relation to the spirit world and even uh, spirit communication. And um, and I think I've walked this path for many lifetimes, and I don't think this is my only one. And uh, I'm here to kind of like, you know, help this understanding unfold just a little bit more. Um, along with other people in the world, uh, I don't think of myself as like, you know, uniquely any different than many other psychic beings. I think I'm really good at doing what I do, and I have a great passion for it, and I know I have a purpose in it. Um, but I, you know, my gift in the sense is like, you know, even though people can see me doing what I do, I want people to understand really the nuts and bolts of the mechanics of how spirit does communicate. Hence writing the book or doing my online course, Spirit Talk or Tribe, is because I want, you know, it's, it's great to come see somebody like me, but you know, what's even better is, is that you can have that experience yourself. Because I, I, you know, I can help the world see how a spirit can communicate, but the more people that learns that and the more people that start walking their own spiritual path, in, in essence, we, we can shift or change the world in a much greater space and place. And rather being controlled by dogmatic faith or religion or hierarchy or whatever, that we can have a personal experience with spirit ourselves. Very, very interesting take on just really light work. I, I believe, like I, I use that blanket term for many mediums. Um, it seems yeah. to me like, and don't get me wrong, for every honest to God one there is out there, <laughs> there's a lot of people out there who don't do it with a good heart. Uh, but you know, oh, I, know that. I don't think a lot of people that are on the up and up. But. Right, right. But I don't think spirit would bless you with all these blessings around you doing what you do unless you were the real deal. So I think it's great. And uh, well, I mean, you can't you can't fake what I do. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's things that I know that I mean I don't really know them. They're told to. Yes. But when, if you watch the show, I mean, there's a lot of things that come through um, in the show, even live, because it's a live, uh, whether it's season one was filmed a live audience, but unfortunately due to COVID, I mean, the whole aspect of the show had to ship to uh, just one-on-ones. And, you know, there's four families that are randomly selected by, by draw in a hat uh, that I never know anything about until I meet them um, that come to me for each episode. 
and the only feature two for the show. Um, but anyway, the stuff that comes through from Spirit, um, and I mean, if you watch the show, there's no way that you can know that's right those things that are being told. And you know, to tell you kind of a funny story, and, and I, I could go on and on about the things that I've seen or that have been communicated to me that. And it, it evidentially proves that the person that, I, that is communicating to me is your loved one. Um, because, I mean, only you and that person would know. Um, for instance, on season one, I was in um, Acadia First Nation in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. And here I'm standing in front of an audience. I do like 15 readings in an audience setting in front of a like live doing it. There's nothing, you know, it's just me standing up there connecting. And uh, I connected to this young lady who, you know, unfortunately lost her life to cancer uh, at a young age. And her mom was in the audience. And I connected. So I, I was I was getting some validating information. The mom stood up and said, this is my daughter. And then as they stand up, I received more information. And one of the things that she showed me, which I thought was uniquely funny and oddly awkward, because, uh, you know, for whatever reason, and this doesn't happen very often, <laughs> obviously, but uh, her daughter just... Uh, showed up to me in only a bra. I thought, okay, <laughs> this is very unique. This is awkward because here I am talking to a mom in live audience, and this mom is obviously grieving with the loss of her daughter. Oh, no. <laughs> I said, but your daughter wants me to talk about her bra. And I said, I'm, and I, and I, I prefaced by saying, you know, I'm so sorry, but she really stuffed the bra fairly large, and I was like, okay, this is kind of awkwardly weird, but... I'm going to go there. Spirit wants me to go there. I go there. <laughs> and, uh, and I talked to her about it. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, and I did preface saying, you know, I'm so sorry. I know that you're grieving your daughter, but you know, if your daughter shows me something, I really have to talk about this. And I feel very awkward talking about it, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> and she said, okay, just talk about it. And I said, well, your daughter should up here in a bra and it's fairly large. And I don't know why she wants to emphasize the size of her bosoms in, in the bra. And then, and, and then, you know, she, she kind of like, she, you could see this elation look on her, on the mom's face. And then the two ladies that were with the mom stood up and go, Oh my God, it's really freaking her. <laughs> and I, I'm like, so, okay, you're going to have to tell me the story because obviously this is connected. And she goes, well, nobody knows this, but we always bugged her about her bosom size. <laughs> and in the back room at the funeral home before her service, me and my two daughters that were standing up beside her, which is this lady's sister, put a special bra on her and we stuffed it because we joked that we were going to send it to the spirit world with bigger bosoms. <laughs> and nobody knows this except me and my and my two daughters. That is like the best story ever. Hilarious. Yeah, and I thought, how uniquely yeah, that is cool a... is that? I mean, but you know, to me, I didn't know what that meant. I'm, I'm literally the middle person, the medium. Yes, the person in between that receives this information, and and I trust what I'm that I'm that I'm, what I'm being given through visual. And I mean, can you imagine like a backlit room with a woman just standing there for maybe three seconds, just wearing a bra, and then her bosoms get bigger? I mean, it's 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 awkward. Like, but that's how spirit can communicate. It's called, that's called clairvoyance, and that's like being able to see within your mind, and, and it's really you have to create small moments of space. Uh, to receive things and as you as you can see me walking around on, on the live audience or stage or even in my one-on-one sessions you'll probably see me staring at a table or walking around staring at the floor and and in our culture in Mi'kmaq culture we had seers in, in our communities it's part of our culture 
And uh, I've seen this cycle, and I've confirmed it with elders. But we actually have a game in Mi'kmaq culture called Wolfis. And the game is a fun game. It's usually played with elders, and there's like seven dice pieces in it that are round in one side, flat in another. And uh, what happens is there's a blanket between you and you sit next to each other and you bounce the bowl up and down and these pieces will either go randomly like three up or down or all seven will come up or all seven will come down. And then you get sticks based on the amount of uh, pieces. If they're all up, you get two sticks and you get to go again. If they're all up but one, you get one stick and you get to go again. And you keep going and then you lose your turn and it goes back and forth. So, the reason why I'm telling this is because I kind of want you to visualize that in your mind what that's like for a moment, what it's like to see, because as I tell you the story, I know you're going to visualize this. But also, um, there was a double purpose for the Walters game. We actually would have had our elders, I mean, and it could have been a, a lady or a woman who would have been the seer for the community or, or a man. But if, you know, I know it would have been a, a, a team effort um, as a ceremony would have taken place. And... And because water is a woman's medicine in, in indigenous culture, that it would have been important for the women to fill the bowl full of water and give it to the seer or the woman was the seer. And they would have actually then placed the, the water-filled bowl out in the moonlight, probably for four nights leading up to the full moon. I'm sure there would have been a ceremony with a, with a pipe ceremony and um, smudging and, and, and maybe a sacred fire, inviting the ancestors. And then after the four days, there probably would have been another ceremony, and they would have sat with the bowl and stared into it. And not that they would see anything into the bowl, but they would have just stared into the bowl, and they would have questions about what where their summer camp would be, or where their winter camp would be, or what medicine should be picked for someone, or if there was a message that could help somebody in grief in some way. And the seer would do this in our community, or, or the communities, and with part of our 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 spiritual culture that has been lost. And, um, you know, true story, but, you know, they would have visions in that regard in relation to seeing things and receiving information from their ancestors or the creator, and they would give it accordingly and they would follow that guidance. But when when the European people came over from Europe to, to Canada, or, you know, it was, you know, I don't call it Canada, but it was like uh, the world at that time because it was like we're, the Mi'kmaq people lived on the east coast of Canada and some of the U.S. And we were kind of some of the first contact people. And, uh, and you know, as they brought Christianity and the new faith system and tried to doctrine, which they did very well in, in different ways, um, you know, with this new new faith and belief system, that they saw our ceremonies and they thought they were evil. So they started drilling holes in our bowls, our Walters game bowls, because they thought if they could drill holes in them, that we would lose our ability to see. And it's the farthest thing from the truth. It's kind of silly, actually, because, you know, it's just like a pipe ceremony. You know, a pipe ceremony in indigenous culture represents that, that we, it's, it's, it's a tool for prayer. And you usually go to an elder who carries a, who is a pipe carrier and you offer them tobacco to, to have them do a ceremony of prayer for you for a specific reason. And they would do the ceremony. Now, can you pray without a pipe? Absolutely, you can. You know, a pipe is just part of the ceremony, just like the bowl that we used to use in our culture. But that doesn't mean that we can't still see. And today, you know, my bowl, my bowl of water, is the floor or the desk that I'm staring at. And it allows me to get into that headspace and create space with my mind to be able to see, feel, hear, and know things from the spirit world.
And, uh, you know, it comes in little, what I call breadcrumbs. It's not like, you know, all a whole bunch of information at once. I mean, imagine that you were seeing the game of Walpus in your mind, you know, flashed in your head and you were trying to understand what it was. It'd be very confusing for you. But you maybe get a little aspect of it. Like you see a man sitting with a ball, it's got some pieces in it. And then you may get another little flash. But, you know, once you validate that piece of that information, you may get another little flash that they've just filled the bowl full of water and now they seem to be performing some type of ceremony. And then you say they, they're staring into the bowl and I see that they're having visions. So it's like little pieces of information that would come to you from spirit that would guide you to know that story or to know about the lady with the bra or something I just recently seen for season four, which I thought was awesome, was uh, I was connecting to a lady in, uh, I think it was Saskatchewan, but uh, and, and it was talking to her mom. And her mom, uh, and all I saw in my head was this woman, uh, this mom who was talking to in spirit. And I saw these two hands reach out. And she was holding a braid of hair in her hand that looked to be about maybe two and a half feet long. And it was very black. So then I looked at the lady that I was speaking to and I looked behind her head to see if she had hair. And she did. And I thought, okay, well, this is kind of odd. Why would I see such a thing? But there must be a reason for this. So I said, you know, your mom connecting to me for some, for some unique reason. She just held out her hands and held a braid of hair. And then she broke down and cried. And she said, well, when my mom passed, I used to have a long braid of hair. I cut it off and I put it in the casket with her. And, uh, you know, to give her that medicine as she went home. And I'm like, well, your mom wants me to say that she has it with her. And she thanks you for the braid of hair. And so it's things like that that come through from spirit. That is like uh, pertinent validating information that no one could know except you and them. And um, to me, that's the most awesomest thing that comes through from spirit. I mean, your names or things like that, but it's the things that no one does know except you or the thing that you just did at your home that no one could know except unless I was standing there. And I, and I wasn't, obviously. And, um, you know, that makes... This makes it real for people. Then they, they, she, you can see the shift within people that they realize that, uh, you know, spirit is really here and that this is really taking place. And, you know, it, it, and again, it's cool to come to me for healing or to understand that concept, but it shifts people's lives in such a way that they, they realize. And I try to help people understand this is you don't really need. It's really just start talking to your people and start communicating, inviting them to be part of your life because, I mean, you love them unconditionally, they love you unconditionally. It's not too weird to think that they may be still part of your life and that you include them and that you have a relationship with them where they are. And then one day, you too will return to spirit and you'll continue that relationship where you both are. Boy, oh boy, did I ever come close to that happening. You know, I, I kind of made the joke before we brought you on that one of the last things I did was send you a Christmas card. <laughs> Before yes. I wound up in a coma for two weeks, and you know, as a as a Christian man with zero, and I mean zero background in indigenous <laughs> types of ceremonies, it was very jarring. A lot of the uh, memories I have are nightmare memories. One in particular, though, I want to talk to you about, and it's something that's been bugging me for almost a full year now. It was the 28th of December last year when I went in the hospital and uh, didn't wake up for two weeks. But the the thing I remember very vividly was the setting. First and foremost, I was in Labrador. That's, that's step yep. one. 
So we're talking Inu Nation up there. Um, I'm in Labrador. We're in a cabin. My family, people are around. And oddly enough, there's multiple doors all over the room. Multiple doors all over the room. One to my left, a couple above my head, one on the right. Uh, very vividly remember seeing some of my foster children, stuff like that, that were in the room playing with my with my own two kids. Um, everyone's just having a good time. And suddenly out of nowhere comes this just uh, – the only way I can describe him is angelic, really. He had no, – it wasn't a robe, but it was all dark clothes. It looked like dark pants, dark shirt, like dress shirt. Really handsome-looking young dude. Had uh, had long, longer black hair. Um, you know, I, I kind of looked up, you know, the, the, the features, and he looked Cree to me. He looked Cree. But anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> One thing that he did that just blew my mind was that he – Produced a small bowl that was gray, if I remember correctly, and a feather. I he believe produced a what? A small bowl. So it was like a grayish. It looked like a bowl to me, but whatever it was, okay. smudge bowl. Yeah, it was a smudge bowl. But see, the thing is, Sean, I had no idea what even a smudge bowl would look like. In fact, my only idea of smudge I ever came across was an actual like pile of sage, like wrapped up. <laughs> I never knew there was a bowl and a feather involved ever. Anyhow. This guy took the feather and was blowing the smoke at me and doing the hand gesture all over my body as I'm in this dream. And the scent of calm came over me at that point. Anyhow, I don't remember much else after that in that dream. But I really do feel like a spirit guide came and saved me from a nightmare in my coma. I really do. And later on, my good friend Robert looked at me and told me, you know, like, we were praying for you, praying for you, praying for you. At one point, I sent my spirit guide out to help you. And I just looked at him and was like, uh, wouldn't have to be Cree, right? And he's like, I have no idea. <laughs> so yeah. this is where I come to you, White Eagle. I, I need some peace about that. What what exactly is going on there? Is this just bits and pieces of my mind filling in the blanks and, and trying to get me out of a nightmare with a little bit of spiritual knowledge I have? Or do you truly believe that I was up under attack and uh, I got saved? No, you you were, I mean, you were in the in between space. You were between those. All those doors would have would have brought you to different locations. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, a lot, a lot of a lot of places like on the other side. I've heard from a lot of people that have had near death experiences. I've gone to a place called the Greeting Station. It's more like a bus station like that, mm-hmm. but it sounds very similar to that. But there's there's tunnels, and that's why everybody says when they were going to the other side, they felt like they were going through a tunnel. It's almost like a a portal to the other side, an energetic portal, and there's different locations you can go through. This one, you know, different doors would have gone to the garden, or would have gone to the ocean, would have gone to the mountains, or would have gone to different spaces. And some of these would have gone to your past experiences too, if you would have had a life review, which sounds like you did not have a life review. But um, I mean, you're, you're, one of your guides came to to help bring you back, and uh, the smudge was helped to 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 bring your your spirit back to your body. And, uh, I mean, it is, he was a Cree indigenous, uh, elder, but, I mean, he's one of your guides and he's helping you through life. And you kind of need him because I think from my understanding is that you do paranormal work. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he protects you. He helps you. So I wouldn't be surprised if you even record his voice sometimes, you know, uh, speaking to you or giving you direction or guidance or saying things when you do investigations or such like that. Um, I connect to my guide all the time. I've got all kinds of recordings of my guide speaking to me in Victoria. Who is non-indigenous, but uh, very Gaelic, 
and um, yours, this is your guide. I mean, I and I don't know. I mean, I feel like he like, you know, he'd probably have a very indigenous name, like Big Two Feathers or something like this. But um, I mean, I think he's telling you you could probably just call him Jared if you want. Call him um, Jared. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. Who is is somebody named Jared connected to you at all? Well, yeah, my my brother in law's name is Jared. Is he a lot? Yes. Okay. So how did Jared play? Okay, well, unless you tell me about Jared, because this is where I don't know, but somebody mentioned Jared to me. Okay. So was Jared around you in life somehow when you were in your coma? Yes, Jared's married to my sister. In fact, the night I went into hospital, we were all at <laughs> we were all at a hotel together celebrating their anniversary. And I basically said, I'm not feeling very good. I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> So he was there when that like for think, that. Well, what I'm going to say is like, did he help you get to the hospital? No, no, my wife did. Okay, well then, what did Jared do? Like, what did he? He must have played a role more bigger than you know. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I well, I'm going to say your guides tell me about Jared. So I think maybe tell how here Jared. He says hi, by the way. Yep. But I would say then, you know, like I said, I feel like he's showing me like big two feathers or something like this. That his name is. But um, yeah, I think because he's telling me something about Jared playing an intricate role during the time that you were going into your coma or something like this. Hmm. And maybe him being there or guiding or saying what should be done or whatever needs to be done. You know, maybe that's why your wife acted as such as she did. But uh, I mean, everybody that was at that place at the time that it all went down was in an accident. I mean, everything was in alignment to to bring you on this journey. You were meant to go on that journey. Yeah, and like, I think that your your guide was there from right from the go, and I think he was speaking to people and guiding them even at that point. And I think that's what he's trying to get me to say is that even when you didn't know he was there, he was there, and he was walking you through the process of like making this like spiritual connection. And it was it was something that that it was supposed to happen for you that was charted for you, so that you would have this like profound experience of understanding yourself outside of the physical form in a greater way. And, uh, but I know that he, he, you know, you know, he's very much part of your life. I would just talk to him. I mean, you could call him whatever name you want. I mean, they answer to whatever. You can just call him your guides or whatever. And you can call him Big Two Feathers. But, because uh, he seems like he's got a pretty big presence from what I can see. And I just know that he's, he was there to help bring you home. And he smudged you. And maybe you need to learn. Maybe this is an aspect of yourself. Like, do you practice smudging now currently in your life? No, not at all. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to say that he wasn't an accident that he'd done that ceremony with you and helped you come back and showed you this the smudging process because I think this is a lesson for you to include in your life from this day moving forward. Okay. Um, to be honest, now I can't say the name of the TV show because it hasn't debuted yet, but I, I did just film a show a few months back. And uh, during the, the filming of it, one of the girls came and also smudged me again. <laughs> So yeah, it was, but you need to learn to smudge yourself. Yeah, I think that's the... You need the, to learn to work with that medicine for the work that you're doing. Okay. And because I'll tell you the importance of it. And, 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 and you know, I've, I've been taught even to smudge myself by spirit, um, ironically, back in the day. And then I realized, you know, smudging is one thing, but it's, it's how you smudge. It's the intention that when you smudge, it's even the words that you speak when you smudge is what gives the smudge the power. Um, it's like it fills the room, like when you smudge, you know, with whether it's with sage or the four sacred medicines like cedar, sweetgrass, and tobacco. Um, and people can smudge with different things in different cultures and trips like this. There's like 
frankincense and myrrh in different space, and there's incense and other ones, and the same power wood and all that. I mean, they all have power. But it, the only power that it has is the energy that you put into it while you're doing it. And maybe when you're, when you're doing any type of investigations with your equipment, your gear, uh, even the spaces that you're in, you need to speak good words of love and light, include your guide, you know, uh, in that process and ask them to kind of like cleanse and purify the room and that, you know, anything negative or within darkness that need moved into the light with, with unconditional love and, and, as you speak that and move clockwise through the room, as when you do smudge, it should be always done clockwise as the sun moves through the sky. And, uh, you know, you offer that medicine to the spirits that you encounter because maybe they need that medicine as much as you did that thing. Very, very interesting stuff. You know, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you if anybody's coming through for me right now. And there's I mean other than your guy because we're talking about him because I think that's who you need to kind of hear from I do feel like he's a grandfather figure that's with you around or something like this but uh, you know I know that he's there and watching over you but I don't hear any like specific messages or anything it's more from all your guides that we can tell big two feathers I gotta get to know this guy <laughs> yeah and he's got his arms crossed he stands very tall very proud man but very spiritual man in his own life but I can tell and see, and he does feel creepy. Yeah. And I think he he must have been a medicine man in, in his time. And uh, he's a medicine man in the spirit world and just happens to be your spirit guide. So mm -hmm. I would keep working with him because he wants to work with you. He wanted you to know who he was, but he also wanted to teach you the importance of using the sacred medicine in, in spirit work. Awesome. Well, I certainly appreciate that. Thank you so much, Sean. You know, you've been a pleasure yeah. to have on. And uh, I, I really do feel in my heart, like, this is just, I, I feel such a sense of relief to know, like, yeah, that really was a spirit guide. And I believe it's your spirit guide. Like, like I wanted to ask the, uh, well, I wanted to ask the master here on this one. <laughs> and well, You know uh, what I'm going to say is talk to him. And then, you know how you do EVP sessions? Yep. With spirits? Talk to your guide. Tell him it's okay to talk to you. Okay. And you'll actually record him. He'll talk to you. Okay, cool. That's what I'll do. It I'll get my. It won't happen all the time, but occasionally it will happen, and you'll know that it's him by the way he speaks to you. Okay, maybe he can help me out with some future projects. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. You, I mean, he's guiding you either way. I mean, you have many guides, but he's just helping you in this aspect. <laughs> okay, Sean. Guys, check out Sean Leonard. Okay, www. Sean. Dash Leonard.com. That's S H A W N dash L E O N A R D.com. Make sure you check out APTN TV show Spirit Talker. He's the star and the host. The book, The Language of Spirit, and as well, take one of his online courses. I might have to now that I learn how to speak to my, my, uh, my, <laughs> my spirit guide, founder of the Spirit Talker Tribe online course, guys. Check him out there as well. Sean, thank you so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on, John. I really appreciate it. And, you know, thank you for being patient and, and you know, because I'm super busy and, you know, it, it's something that I, I know when people ask for me to do things like this, I try to make time and I always know there's a reason and, and, and it, it allows me a platform to teach to help people expand and understand their own connection. Sean, this schedule was set by spirit, not by me. And, and, and the thing is, I made sure that when I put this out to you, like, whether someone 
has to change the time or date is beside the point. The, the main thing is that we do get to connect. And just to give you an idea that this happened perfectly because I got to go for my walk this morning, nine, got out of, got into my car, got home quarter after nine. My little girl called me to come pick her up at school because she had a COVID shot yesterday and she's feeling a little off. So I picked her up from school, got home, set up everything, was right on time to start with you. So everything worked out just fine. <laughs> Perfect. Alignment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care, Sean. Bye now. You too. Bye-bye. Well, the time to say goodbye is upon us. But don't worry, you can keep track of the Odd the Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast very easily. It's available on Stitcher, iTunes, Podbean, and TuneIn Radio. Just look for the Odd the Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast banner. Of course, if you'd like to keep up to date, you can always check out the Odd the Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast Facebook page, drop a like, and every single time a new show goes up, you'll be notified. You can also follow me, John Mallard, on Twitter, at O-D-D-T-O-N-F-L-D. That's Odd to Newfoundland. Get your latest news on the podcast as well as the ever-popular para-joke of the day. From the oldest city in North America, I bid you adieu. From the Odd to Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast.